Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. First cut. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is Round Three's recap for this week's memorial and what a day it was. Joining me to break it all down, Kyle Porter is here. KP. The K in KP stands for chaos. It does. Sorry, I'm looking up statistics here. This was. I don't know how you feel, Rick. This is one of the weirder days I can remember covering of the last few years on the PGA Tour. How so? Well, it just was it was chaotic. Like, if you would have told me at any point over the first five, six hours of the day that Rory would co-lead at the end of the day, I would have thought, like, no, no chance, right? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was already engraving Hideki's name on the trophy at one point. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about this, but him starting birdie birdie, it felt like Vince Carter territory. Yeah, I agree. Well, we'll we'll get to that in a second. Let's get rid of uh, some of the early movers because those were where the, a lot of the low scores came from. Uh, Scotty Scheffler gets a little bit of a bounce back. Four under sixty eight. Still has not putted well. Uh, probably too far back. He's going to be. Well, maybe not. He's going to be five shots off the pace. We'll get to how many guys are actually within arm's reach here. But good to see Scotty Carr to load number despite still not making anything. Yeah, still not making anything. Rick, He's at, you can check me on this. I think he's first in the field from tee to green and last in putting. He's definitely last in putting. I will have to pull uh, that back up real quick. So this, if he is first in the field, and I think he is, this would be his – Third consecutive tournament in which he finished first in the field from tee to green and did not win the tournament, which is at some point that's a problem, right? You, you, and, you know, we talked about this the other day, like he he's both underachieving and overachieving at the same time. That's what happens when you're first in the field in tee to green every week and last in the field in putting. I mean, I, I tweeted out his, his, uh, Strokes gain tee to green versus strokes gain putting numbers for the last six events. It's just a joke, like how diametrically opposite they are. And he was awesome. I mean, it, it was interesting. I was reading his transcript and he said, I didn't want to get out of bed today. Wasn't feeling great. Body was tired. Not, no chance to win. I don't think he said those words, but essentially. And somehow I came out here and hit it great. And you're like, yeah, somehow because you're freaking Scotty Scheffler and you're the best 
ball striking on the planet right now. So I don't know. It's it's uh, kind of weird times for for somebody who's the number one player in the world, um, you know, to to not be kind of capitalizing on these events. He was first in tee to green today. He is eighth for the week. Ten point one uh, strokes gained tee to green. Okay, I was thinking he was. I must have had that wrong then. I mean, listen, give it eighteen more holes. He'll probably be first in tee to green. So see on on uh, on data golf, they have him as first. Uh, they calculate it differently. Okay, so PGA PGA Tour has him has him eighth. Gotcha. Yeah, they do. They because like they'll like I think like things like shots from the fringe, which you know may or may not be considered putts by one entity, get considered putts by another. They do it relative to uh, strength of field and stuff like that. So it's just calculated a little bit differently. Okay, so I wasn't necessarily not wrong. Wrong. It's just I mean, and the 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 whole premise is like like the point remains essentially. Correct. I mean, how do you how do you feel about Shuffler? I gave my bid on him on Tuesday. What what, what are your thoughts on him? I think that um, I think he's a problem. I think the putting's a problem, but it's also I think it's more mental than anything because he is when he got off to that really when he won like his that four out of six he was putting really great. Um, I mean, I I think I might have said it. I don't know if it was on air or off air, but like I watched him hit some putts that didn't even sniff the hole on Friday, and that was yeah. like that's. That's that's not a physical thing. That's like a mental thing. But um, good to see that he's not letting it get into the rest of his game. And I, like I don't like if you, this is a good thing. It, it, obviously, I wish he putted better. But if you can be like the worst putter uh, in a field and still be in the mix or still pile up top eight finishes, like that's a good thing. Yeah, I think I think ultimately it is. Um... And again, I, I've used this comp several times, but it's it's kind of VJ Singish, right? Like he he reminded me of VJ Singh right now, and that's a great comp because VJ Singh won what three majors, thirty four times on tour, and uh, did it without. <clears throat> I, I, I I'm with you because like you look at his last three years, he's a, he's he's not a bad putter, he's not an elite putter. Like I, I think people would be surprised that he's not as good of a putter as somebody like Rory or DJ or somebody like that, but he's a, he's a good enough putter. And he's just like, I think kind of lost right now. Yes. I think it is very, very mental at the moment. Uh, Keegan Bradley gets a, gets a nod here. Cause he shot the round of the day, 65. So he goes 74, 73, 65. He moves up 52 spots. He's in a tie for ninth heading into Sunday. That also includes a bogey on 18, which has played difficult all week long. I don't think Keegan's going to win this. He's only two shots back, but he did the Keegan thing on, uh, on Saturday where he led the field in, in strokes gained approach. And then he found uh, a hot putter for, for 18 holes, which is why Keegan is one of statistically, like he's like your first round leader, at a much more higher clip than a lot of other guys. Cause he can do this. He can give you like 18 holes of just scorching hotness at a time. Yeah. Do we have uh okay, let's see here. So m- the afternoon was m- more than a half stroke harder than the morning. So I think that played into it, which I think is, but that's the smallest gap of the week. Is it really Thursday was, a shot and a quarter Friday was nearly two shots harder. And this was a half a shot harder. So that's a small yep. week, but you've also got a kind of a imbalanced field. 
you don't have two full waves with like everyone's just going off of one every 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit weird, but uh, yeah, I mean, Keegan was awesome. And I think, I think what he did on Saturday, Rick is a little bit of foreshadowing for what we could see on Sunday from somebody. I mean, this is, there's somebody, there's these different templates that we get for Sunday finishes on the PGA tour. And this to me is one of the more compelling ones. There's only about like, I don't know, I I should write these down, but there's like eight templates. It's like Hmm. player who's never won before being chased by, you know, superstar. So there's like eight of them. And the one this week is generational player has a tiny lead over like just a litany of, of like other great players. And what we saw from Hideki on Friday and Keegan on Saturday was, Hey, you can go out and shoot 65 on this golf course. You can also go shoot 77 like Justin Sud did. So that makes me excited for, you know, Rory trying to hold off somebody who can do what Keegan did on Saturday on Sunday while kind of in contention. Yeah, I like that. I would also like to hear uh, the eight templates. So whenever you want to tweet those out or text them to me, I'd be very. I'll just I'll 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 workshop them with you before I put them out in into the world. Um, I actually just kind of want to take the rest of this like as we saw it happen today. So we'll get into all the big names. I mean, there's absolutely a million guys uh, at the top of the leaderboard, and we'll kind of just take it with the way the coverage went down. So uh, we'll take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. And we're back as uh, coverage gets started and the final group goes out. It's Justin uh, and Hideki Matsuyama. They could not have gone in more opposite directions. KP Hideki birdies uh, holes number one and two. Justin uh, goes bogey, bogey, double bogey out of the gate. And our final group is just on polar opposites of the spectrum. Well, it was crazy because uh, who had the overnight lead on Friday and Keegan who started the day T 61 were tied after sub played f- three holes, which I mean, they were, they were 11 shots apart. And then all of a sudden they're tied at like two fifteen on Saturday, which is just like insane. And then, you know, on the Hideki front, so I mean, we we talked about this. Like we saw that coming a little, not maybe not seventy seven, but we saw it coming a little bit with Sud, just because the putting was kind of out of control, and that's a really that's a hard spot to be in, leading the Memorial with all those guys around you after thirty six. Like that's just tough. Like that's really hard on a difficult golf course. The Hideki thing was more surprising to me because he goes birdie birdie, and you're like, okay, even if he doesn't like boat race everybody, it's still feels like he's kind of going to be the guy and be a little bit in control at the end of the day. And then it just came unraveled. I mean, he shoots 36 going out, which is fine. You know, like he's still kind of in control there, but then 
bogey birdie, double bogey. I mean, it, it just, it kind of got out of hand there and he shoots 39 coming in the dub or excuse me. That was a triple. The six was a triple on the 12th hole. That was a mess. Just horrible tee shot hit his set, hit his drop in the bunk. I mean, it was just, it was, it was awful. Um, so I, I was surprised by that. Hideki's not been playing like extraordinarily good golf, but when somebody of his caliber kind of gets into that, you know, driver's seat, you don't expect them to completely eject like that. He got it to nine under just for reference. Our, our lead right now through 54 is six under par. So he got this to nine under par the Justin Suss stuff. You know, I, I, I definitely, I was expecting the regression, but how it happened out of the gate was a little bit surprising. I was expecting, okay. Yeah. Not, I mean, he was in the middle of the fairway on two and missed badly left uh, on three which is, you know, he's got, uh, again, middle of the fairway, second shot, hits it 40 yards short into the water. I mean, that he would, that, that's, it has to be nerves. It absolutely has to be nerves. A guy in the final group on a Saturday for only the third time in his career. And this is by far the biggest. Yeah, for sure. He, he had to, I didn't see the final numbers, but he had to be close to last in the field in approach play. I mean, it was bad. It was. 64th out of 66. Yeah, 66. So, yeah, there you go. It just, you know, I think all this stuff is, um, you know, learning. Like it's, it's feeling, you guys talk, talk about this all the time. It's feeling different things in that contention than you normally feel on a Saturday at a PGA Tour event. And then taking the step from there and taking the step from there and then eventually winning. So I, long-term, no, no harm, but in the short term, it was, it was kind of tough to watch. So that, that early exchange and then Hideki making those, you know, two bogeys around the turn and then really just, you know, carving it up uh, early on his second night, it opens the door for everybody. And one of those guys was Patrick Cantlay who makes a birdie early on number four. And then, makes kind of a bizarre triple on six where he tries to go for the green out of the left-hand rough, leaves it well short into the water, doesn't play the hole particularly well after that. I mean, he, he's going to be two shots back going into the final round with a triple on the card and losing 3.2 strokes putting this week. Yeah, it, it's... He, he could be five shots up right now. Yeah, I know. I know. It, it, I mean, again, it, it's a little bit of the Hideki thing where if you would have said, okay, neither Hideki nor Cantlay is going to kind of be in control of this tournament at the end of the day. If you would have told me that after they both got through like the first four or five holes, I'd have been like, that's dumb. Like that's, that's a guarantee. I guarantee one of those two, one of them, if not both of them will be in the driver's seat and neither of them are. And I, I don't know. Yeah, I you know I think Rory sort of held his ground together with his putter in a way that Cantlay, you know, didn't, um, and that's maybe the difference. But Cantlay's still in a good spot. It's not like he's four or five back. He's just two back. He's playing late. I, I still think we'll get to the betting, but I I think he I think his odds are the most compelling out of the guys at the top. Well, as now Hideki's going the wrong way, Cantlay's going the wrong way. A couple of infiltrators making their way up the board. Mark Hubbard, uh, even par round of 72, but he bogeys 16, 17, and 18. Mm. 
he was at eight under at one point. I'll throw David Lipsky into the conversation because he also got it. He got it to nine under, made bogeys on 13, 17, and 18. So th- this it was it was a magnet back to six under. Guys were able to get up to eight, eight up to nine, but that gravity, that magnetic force brings them back down to the field. Well, you know, when, when these guys were leading, it actually made me think of, you know, the Memorials produced some interesting winners over the years. You've had uh, William McGirt. You've had, uh, didn't David Lingmurth win here That's or right. yeah. nearly won here or something? Uh, you, you, it, it's produced some like kind of not if, – if, for a tournament that has a ton of stars and superstars playing in it, it's produced some turn some some outcomes that you might not have expected. So that was sort of what I was thinking about when you had uh, David Lipsky up there and he finishes bogey bogey. Mark Hubbard up there, he finishes bogey bogey bogey. That closing stretch, man, it's so hard. Like it, it's insane. Sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. I at one time I looked, they were playing as three of the four hardest holes on the course and. Uh, they both just kind of like capitulated to that, to, to that, uh, that closing kick and, and uh, kind of gave away, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's easy for me to sit here and say they gave stuff away when that's like just such a difficult stretch, but uh, they had a real chance to both kind of be playing in the final pairing on Sunday, which is kind of where you want to be. If you're, if you're somebody like that, that's trying to win for the first time on the tour. 16, 17, and 18, uh, still, fin- they finished the day as three of the four hardest holes on the golf course. Uh, and then it was 2015, David Lingmurth beat Justin Rose in a playoff to win there you go. Memorial. Um, so we've got we've got more challengers coming here. Uh, Victor Hovland got out a little bit earlier than most, posted a 369. <clears throat> that just got better as the day went on. He played his final four holes. KP at three under par. So you talk about sick. Yeah, those. So that's three under on holes that were playing essentially, let's call it a quarter of a shot over par combined. So he gains three and a quarter strokes on the field in four holes. Insane to make a two on 16 is nuts. How many two? How how many birdies were there on 16 today? Couldn't there couldn't have been. Uh, Do you want to guess? Uh, 66 players in the field. I'll say there were three, five. Okay. That's wild. Yeah. You, listen, like he, he, so him and Morikawa for me were the two guys that came out of nowhere on this leaderboard mm-hmm. where you're, you're kind of following things you're watching. And then you look up and you're like, wait a second. Am I, is this an old leaderboard? Was this PGA leaderboard? What am I looking at here? So that was, uh, that was interesting to see both of them kind of pop up at the end and, and be legitimately now in the mix to win the golf tournament. I, I more cow less so, but Hovland like, and he's played well here in, at Muirfield village in the past, but he could go out and win this golf tournament on Sunday, which is not something that I even was thinking about two hours ago. One shot off the pace, five under par for Victor. The trio at six under, we talked about one of them already, David Lipsky, Siwoo Kim, Rory McIlroy. Rory, uh, I thought was more patient, right? We kind of talked about his patience or his ability to just say, my stuff over 72 holes is good enough. Yep. It, it was not his best round of the week uh, in terms of score. It was a 70, shot a 68 on Friday. But to make three birdies on the backside offset with two bogeys 
get this thing in the house at 70 and just be there as everybody is coming back to you. That that's also a skill. Yeah, he made so he made a par putt of nine feet. He made a par putt of 10 feet. He made a par putt of six feet. He made a birdie putt of six feet, a birdie putt of seven feet, and then a par, another par putt of nine feet at the last. So he made a lot of those 50, 50 yeah. balls that we talk about, you know, of, of, um, sorry, my screen's frozen here. Uh, those 50, 50 putts that we talk about that is the difference between being in the final pairing and playing at like noon on Sunday, you know, that's a big difference. And I, this doesn't, we've watched the Rory run away, bouncing around. You guys will never catch me type victory. This doesn't really feel like that. I I don't like, I don't think Rory's going to shoot 65 on Sunday to just blow away the field. Which is almost how you want to see him win. He obviously can win like that, right? It's less obvious that he can win like this, and he doesn't, you know, it's just not, it's atypical for him to sort of grind out wins. I don't know if it's atypical. It's just not how he's normally kind of done it over the course of his career. And I think it's actually encouraging as it relates to majors because it's it's exactly what you said. Like, he has not, we talked about this after the PGA. He has not, it doesn't seem like trusted himself, trusted that his stuff, even though it's not, it's not clicking. He's not, he's not like lights out right now. It's like, I tweeted this, his floor Rick is a joke. It's so high and he has to trust that. And I think, I think he kind of is right now. He said like, listen, when I miss greens, I kind of leaned into it and said, I'm looking forward to trying to hit this, this shot close. You know, I know I'm going to miss green. It was very grindy. And I thought that was kind of admirable in a way that, you know, he's, uh, he doesn't always get credit for his like perseverance and endurance over the course of his career. Um, but I think that he deserves it for the way he's kind of grinded at, you know, at certain events and especially this one this week. Yeah, I agree. And uh, it feels a little like Saturday at Oak Hill if Brooks like would have came back to the field type of deal. Right. Like he's 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 there. He was around, but it never, never got anything more than that. Uh, You know what I'm going to hate is when Rory wins this on Sunday and Phil says, see, I I sparked him to victory. I can I can manipulate these guys. Did you see that? You saw that tweet? Here it is. Uh, Phil Mickelson at 11.54 p.m. Uh, last night replied to a clip of Rory McIlroy's, I guess this would have been Friday interview or pro, uh, post-round presser. and says, uh, quote, as worn out as Mickelson was after the Masters and his need for an offseason, Liv would be perfect for him. Problem is, I don't think there's a team that wants him on it because they'd have to deal with all his BS, end quote. I got a lot of thoughts about this. Give them to me. Phil Mickelson, one of the greatest golfers to ever play the game, one of the most popular guys to ever play the game, uh, has devolved into a weird Twitter troll now. The other thing is that... um, Okay, so the problem with this is that 
yes. Let me check my notes here of guys that definitely don't bring any BS. Phil, Bryson, Brooks, Patrick Reed. <laughs> um, that, this was my take. Yes. Like, like yes. literally everyone you are associated with at Live is like the the BS barometer, like the needle of BS. Okay. The BS brigade. So all of a sudden, we don't do BS here at Live. And then the other problem that I have is just like, okay, you want us to take you seriously. You want us to take Live seriously. You truly, who are you trying to fool that there is not a team that would want one of the greatest players ever to ever live on their team because of the BS that he brings along with it? Well, I think think one of Phil's problems right now is something that (laughs) um, everybody who's a little bit too online has experienced from time to time, which is that you think you're uh, making one point, but actually like the, the sort of frame of the entire thing is, is saying a different thing about you. Mm-hmm. And Phil's not really understanding that. And uh, I think there's some sadness in that, right? Like I, I think there's some, it's kind of weird, like that one of the 10, 11, 12 best players ever is tweeting about like smash GC at 11 PM on a Friday night. It's just like (laughs) odd. Um, And I was actually, I was surprised Roy didn't get uh, asked about it in his, did he? Well, no, I thought Amanda Renner gave him a chance. Cause she asked like, how are you feeling? Like, you, you know, are you, how, how, are you worn down? Yada, yada. And I thought that that was her way of opening the door to kind of a, a, a Rory uh, jab. Like he gave to Greg Norman after winning what his 21st or whatever. Yeah. But it, it, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's like punching down. Right. And which again is, is, I, there's just a, I don't know, like the trolly world of Twitter and Phil being involved in it. There's, it's like Willie Mays on the Mets. It's just like, why are we doing this? Like, it's there. There's just a ton of sadness there. The, the. <laughs> I mean, I, I would love like a bullet point list of like all of Rory's BS. I, I think that. Here's the deal, man. Like Rory over the last year, has he done everything perfectly? No. Should he have said F you Phil on full swing? Probably not. Like (laughs) there, there there are a number of things that if, if, and we talked about, okay, we talked about this Michael block, right? If we had to do as many interviews as Michael block did, you and I would say 10 times as much stupid stuff. Right. And I think, especially when you're somebody like Rory who has talked, a hundred times more than Michael block over the last year. And, and he doesn't like Rory is not like a uh, Ricky Fowler or a Scotty Scheffler or a Colin Morikawa where it's like, oh, I'm just going to like kind of say some words, but not really give you my opinion or feeling. Tony Finau said this during full swing. He said, um, or excuse me, he said it to me at the open. I was interviewing him. He said, Rory, 
says a lot of things. He's got a lot of takes. He has a lot of opinions. And I agree with most of them. And I thought that was a really like just very like there was some brevity in the way that was that was a that was a really good synopsis of like where Rory's at. And sure, he's like kind of maybe gone down, uh, said a couple of the wrong things, but like the the BS that he brings along, what what is that even like? What is he even referencing? Well, uh, I don't. I'm not sure Phil Mickelson is in a place to play the holier than thou card of like, oh, oh yeah, oh, okay, sorry, Phil. Someone someone said something you don't like. I mean, he was he is going on Twitter. This is my favorite one. Haven't gambled in years. Almost a billionaire now. <laughs> I call right, like like Phil is almost a billionaire in the way that I am almost a billionaire. Right? Well, he hasn't gambled. I the odds of Phil Mickelson not gambling in years are like plus a billion. But what he means by that, Rick, is that they've almost sold the high flyers to <laughs> right. Fila or something. Yeah, I don't know. I've almost sold Rick Rungood to uh the Saudis as well for a billion. Yeah, to AT&T almost by Rick Run. You know, like it, it, it's Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It's gotten it's gotten weird. I I again like the the BS thing. It's like oh, the, like of all the things that you could say about um the situation and with Phil's history and like all the laundry list of things that either he's done that haven't come out that people are like, like if you read certain writers between the lines with some of the Phil stuff, they are telling you a couple of the things that he's done without telling you. Right. Yeah. I think you and I have talked about some of these and I'm not going to say them, but go read Jeff Shackelford, go read Eamon Lynch. They'll tell you some of the things that Phil's done over the last few years. And without telling you and they're not uh they're not great um and so just like what is what is phil trying to do there like is he trying to get rory to respond is he trying to like gather the twitter troll army of like live enthusiasts to to like fight his battles for him the whole thing is just so stupid and it's so emblematic of why i'm so frustrated about the last year because we should be talking about like not just this memorial leaderboard, but throw Brooks and DJ in it as well, make it even better instead of like, oh, Rory could be on the Smash GC if he hadn't said stupid things over the last year. What, what, that's like, <laughs> it sounds like a fake, it sounds made up, and yet here we are. And yet here we are on the eve of crowning a memorial champion. Let's zoom out a little bit here on this leaderboard because I promised chaos and i promised the boys lining up so three at six under rory mcelroy sibu kim david lipsky five at five under danny mccarthy victor hovland Wyndham clark back at it again lee hodges and mark hubbard another handful at four under notables there can't lay hideki colin morikawa the three unders that's just three shots off the lead couple of notables there let's see sung jm jordan spieth uh, it's where Justin Suh ended up finishing. If you think the twos are live, John Rahm and Ricky yes. Fowler are at two. Uh, also, I just saw the tee times come out. Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm, number one player and number two player in the world, playing together on Sunday. That'll be sick. That'll be sick. So, I mean, the game we usually play is how far back is too far back. I mean, this is this is going to be – good luck trying to cover this. 
let's get we're gonna need about 30 more cameras out there because this yeah. thing is gonna be this thing's gonna be wild. Well, if the ones uh Scheffler's at one and Rom's at two. That is correct. So if Scheffler makes like let's say he makes three putts. He's made one putt over nine feet this week, by the way. Keegan Bradley, of all people, made uh, five over nine feet today. And today. And Shuffler's made one all week. Let's say Shuffler shoots 65 on Sunday. Not out of the question, obviously. He would be at eight. Yep. Maybe like in the ballpark, I think could get into a playoff. Yeah, I think I, I would. I would take nine under as a winning score. So would I. Eight might get you into a playoff. Might. Yeah, yeah. I think eight's interesting. Shuffler's gonna he's gonna do this again, isn't he? He's gonna finish like T seven. Yeah, and he's well. First of all, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be at seven under and he'll bogey eighteen and shoot. <laughs> Six, yeah, T eight or whatever. That no, 60, 67 and yeah, yeah, yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. For sure, like I wish I could bet on that specific yeah. thing. So yeah, I think I think nine under wins it. So if you're if you're hobbling, you got to shoot sixty eight. If you're the threes, you got to shoot sixty six. But I mean those numbers are out there. It's not like they're not being shot. They're being shot every day. It's just a matter. And there's so many guys, there's so many rips at it with how many guys are at the top of the board that somebody's going to do it and then make Rory Siwoo. Those guys go get it. So, uh, it's going to be fun. I am i don't, I was fired up about the Phoenix final round, obviously the majors, but this is like, as much as I've looked forward to a final round this year. Yeah, this is cool. I don't I don't I'd have the Justin Ray tweet in front of me, but like basically this is like as many guys as you're ever going to have within four shots of the lead. So enjoy it, right? Like this yeah. is from that perspective of just how many guys are within X number of shots. This is like a huge number. We don't get a lot. So enjoy it. The odd. I, d- mm-hmm. I was going to say, I do have a stat for you here. This is why I was this is why I was late to our pod because I was deep in the sauce on this. Uh, I'm just going to read it to you. If Rory wins Memorial tomorrow, he ties DJ and Gary player for 26 on the all-time PGA tour wins list. 24. Do you want to guess how many wins this is? <laughs> I need to recalculate these cause I was doing this math pretty quickly, but do you want to guess how many win or how many starts it took Gary player to get to 24 on the PGA tour? Oh God. Um, see, Okay, before I answer that, what 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 does Gary say his total number of wins is like 168 or something like that? I think he says it's like a thousand and sixty-eight. How many win? How many starts did it take for Gary Player to win 24 times on the PGA Tour? Mm-hmm. So he ended with. So I did. I basically I took off all of his starts past his last win. So he got to 24. That was his last one. It happened in 1978. I took off everything after that. So that was however many more starts. So how many did it take him to get to 24? I will say um, 200. Okay. It's 300, 323. Wow. Okay. So that is, well, I was giving him credit for being more of a elite. So 320, what was it? 323? 
seven percent. It's good. I mean, like really good. So DJ has also won twenty four. Do you know how many starts it took him? Okay, so if if now I use Gary Player as three twenty. So DJ, if DJ wins 10%, which I, I don't think many guys win 10%. I think Rom's like 12. Uh, so let's call it two, let's call it 260. 277. Okay. Okay. And then Rory, do you know what start this is for him on the PGA tour? <sighs> I don't, but basically since 2010, right? So 13 years, call it um 18 a year, 18 times 13. 234 230 oh, that was pretty good <laughs> so he would be 50 quicker than dj and a hunt almost 100 quicker than gary player and i think that i think that i I think it gets lost, right? I think some of the Rory stuff gets lost because he hasn't won a major in nine years. I, people on Twitter, I am very aware of what his major record is. You don't need to keep reminding me. He's very aware of what his major record is. But some of this gets lost just because of Tiger and like Rory's generationally, historically great. And I don't think that majors are the only way to measure that. They're a way and they're an important way, maybe the most important way. But let's not let that sort of overshadow how great Rory's been for the last 15 years. Right. Correct. Um, do we have the odds board? Because Rory is the favorite. No surprise there. But plus 250. Siwoo, um, who is also at six under par, plus 750. The other man at six under is David Lipsky. He's 16 to one. But you get Victor at eight and a half. Patrick Cantley at 12. Wyndham Clark at 14. I mean, I'll tell you what. I think you said it earlier. Cantlay is 12 to one. He was 10 to one before the tournament started. He is two back and he has done nothing to help himself. Um, you're right. Cantlay. Sorry. I was looking up something for producer Josh here, but uh, Cantlay is, I just wrote this actually. Cantlay would be, I, I would not touch this because it's going to be insane. Yeah. But if I had to, like, if you forced me to make a pick at these numbers, Cantlay's my guy. He's second in the field in strokes gain T to green. Hasn't made anything. He's only two back. It's not like he's five back. So I like I don't like any of this, but if if I have to like something, I like can't lay it 12 to 1. This is gonna be like NASCAR at Daytona, right? Oh. It's like five wide, and everybody's trying to avoid the big one. Yeah, let's go. I'm fired up for it. Uh producer Josh just asked us behind the scenes how many starts did it take the cat to get to <laughs> All to right, 24 well, PGA Tour what's victories. What's 24 times five? Because or maybe times four because he was winning like 25 percent. So I will. My guess is 108. 99. <laughs> what a sicko. 230 for Rory. Generationally great. Better than Gary Player. Better than Dustin Johnson. And Tiger did nine. Did it in 99. That's it's a. It's a joke. So stupid. Yeah, it's it's. Well, we. I mean, we're we're obviously like never gonna see. We're never gonna see that again, right? It's filthy. It's so filthy. His best percentage ever, Rick. He got it to. Um, so he had won. Uh, th this is unofficial, but he had won. The best percentage that I see is like twenty eight percent. 
Yeah, I thought he it was won seven. So that okay, that yeah. he he won seventy one of his first two fifty. So sick, and that was twenty eight point four percent. There there might be a higher percentage in there, but that's the highest that I see. God, it's nuts. So good. Yeah, wow. and again, that sort of overshadows some of the other stuff, which is part of the deal. But it's just it's unfortunate for. Tiger ruins golf stats and Tiger ruins expectations. No doubt. And that's why, yeah, that's why it's just hard. I mean, what DJ did is like, man, DJ is like historically awesome. And uh, it came in the wake and at the same time as Tiger. So you're like, yeah, DJ is pretty good. You're like, no, no, you don't understand. Like DJ, DJ is unbelievable. Like he's so good. Uh so, yeah, I love stuff like that. I could talk about this all day. Oh, well, good thing we get paid to do just that. We'll be back on Sunday night to tell you who the winner is going to be. Quick, playoff or no playoff? Uh, no playoff. I, I, I think that when it's bunched up like this, somebody always just kind of noses ahead at the end. I agree. All right. Uh, we'll be back to see who wins it. A million guys within a couple shots of the lead, including a bunch of phenomenal superstars. Big thanks. Producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Kyle Porter available on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.